Ireland. They're not all from Ireland. I mean, I'm sure people from Boston are from a wide variety of places. But what makes them talk that way? Ireland? Ireland makes them talk that way? Ireland and alcohol? But some of them have that, like, Mr. Feeney from uh, Boy Meets World. He was very, he had a very cultured accent. He was from Boston. I'd imagine that there are people with cultured accents in all parts of the world. No, but everyone in Boston had this one. Everyone in Boston had a cultured accent at one point? Yeah, and then they let the Irish in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, is this our uh, St. Patrick's Day special? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Just in time for the holiday. <laughs> oh, God. Is any of this usable? Yeah. All right. I'm hot. Okay. I'm working up a sweat on it's this 75 side of the mic. degrees in here. Well, I'm wearing all black. Because <laughs> I'm... And I'm... Uh, I'm going to have some brown water. I'm sure drinking more alcohol will cool you right off. All right, well, uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us through that intro. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't uh, what I had planned on talking about, but it's uh, just what came out when the mic got hot. Yeah, well, when the mic gets hot, you just got to let it loose. Yeah. There's no time to think or pre-plan. We talked about doing NPR voices, but we don't have those. No, and we don't have Boston voices either. No. Nope. So, I this guess... Is, these are the voices you're stuck with. <laughs> well... S- speaking of being stuck... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead. Uh, Tyler and I had one of our famous adventure club gatherings this week. Uh, where we just go into the uh, the wilds of the city and uh, down into the trash park. And down in the trash park, you can just drive your Jeep around wherever you want. Right. Uh, so we were doing that, and we were having a, a great time. We were just tooling around, driving on the sand, uh, scaring hobos, <laughs> you know, chasing them down a little bit. That part's not true. I made, I made uh, that I'm, part I'm up. I'm happy that's <laughs> not true. No. Uh but Tyler flew too close to the sun and we got stuck uh, in the mud. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, his tires sank, we sank <laughs> into the mud and then we, uh, <laughs> Tyler had to call his dad to come save us <laughs> uh, and try to get it out. And then Tyler's dad almost got stuck in the process of trying to <laughs> free us from the mud. So, Tyler's car lives in the woods now. Excellent. Yeah. Um, for a few days, there's more. Oh. Yeah. It's classic storytelling, isn't it? It, it? Yes, it is classic. Thank you. Uh, and like most classic <laughs> storytellers, you made a point to stop and get feedback midway through. <laughs> it's call and response. <laughs> It's what they like. Um, the response is continue. Okay, thank you. We uh, couldn't we couldn't free it that day. We didn't have the tools to uh, 
to uh, do it. So we came back uh, like a day and a half later. Uh-huh. And we we're just going to like try to make a token attempt to dig it out. We brought some shovels and some planks. We walked all the way into the woods to his Jeep and uh, someone had stolen the battery out of it. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, uh, which resulted in me lugging a car battery through the woods uh, for about, I don't know, like a mile, mile and a half. Not super long, but a car battery weighs a lot. Yeah, it does. Uh, and it was like the first day of like spring we've had where it hit like over 70 degrees. Right. Uh, so it also got super humid because it was raining the entire time. Right. Uh Anytime Tyler takes me into the woods, I really get a stronger understanding of what our boys in Vietnam went through. <laughs> just forced to wear dozens of uh, to hundreds of pounds of gear and just march through the the heat the heat and the muck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, thanks to our troops, thanks to them, thank thank them. Thank them? Yeah, thank them. Yeah, thank them. No, go ahead. Um, Thank you, troops. I'm sorry we didn't support you more in Vietnam. We let the hippies have their say. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Neither of us did anything to support the troops in Vietnam. Yeah, and I haven't really had a good track record of it since. (laughs) (laughs) But, But now I understand what they go through a little bit more, so... I'm glad I don't have to fight the the North Vietnamese. I'm glad they fought them over there, so I don't have to fight them here. <laughs> I guess is what I'm getting at. And also that Tyler is a bad driver. <laughs> uh, eventually, we we did free the Jeep. It, it rides again. Uh, I guess we'll see if we do that again. <laughs> I don't think we've learned anything. <laughs> and I don't think anyone who sat through that rambling story learned anything either uh <laughs> thank you welcome back to the raincoat report well the jeremy signing off uh adventure club correspondent <laughs> well you know if nothing else it was a good opportunity for you to admit that you haven't done what you should have in supporting the troops you've been purified of your sins oh much as many people in today's film were purified for their sins. For today, we are talking about Forgive Me, I Have Sinned by Phil Prince. Yes. Um, I did think it was sort of dangerous to do Carlos Tobolina followed by Phil Prince on our podcast. Yeah. But I think that both of these uh, last week's and this week's are good enough for their directors that it all works out okay. Yeah, this is... I haven't uh, seen... We watched a couple of his shorts last year. We did like a little double feature on him, so... Yeah. Uh, the Ice Cream Man is back in town. Remember he robbed that ice cream store? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I call him. It's Mr. Ice Cream Man. Mr. Ice Cream Man. Yeah. Uh, well, he's back, and this is the best thing I've seen from him so far. I don't know how his later films uh, pan out, but uh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, this is a step above. Yeah, well, you know, I've seen 
maybe like five Phil Prince films now, maybe. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. That sounds right. Uh, this is the best one for sure. Um, okay. It's worth noting, though, that he put out most of his films in 1983, including this one. Right. So um, while he may have films that came out later than this film, it's not like it's a later period in his filmmaking career. Right. It, it just, might just be like, maybe he did get better a few months later. Yeah, I think Avon might have also slapped a couple films together out of stuff he had shot already, too. Okay. I think I'd read something like that. That so, would make sense. Phil Prince knew it was better to burn out than to fade away. Exactly, yeah, yes. 1983 was his year. <laughs> Well, Forgive Me, I Have Sinned is certainly an interesting film, but it's really led by an out-of-this-world performance by George Payne as the confessor. Yes, he is easily, just from the go, one of my new favorite characters in the porno-verse. <laughs> I didn't know he existed. I Yeah, I didn't either, and uh, I'm pretty excited he got to kind of do his weird joker thing that he did in uh uh corruption corruption yeah yeah he is kind of channeling some of that same energy but uh he kind of gets a little bit more focus in this film and gets to do more monologues and uh preach to people with his cock out a lot more yes it's uh it's exactly like confession when i went to catholic school (laughs) oh geez (laughs) priests were always monologuing and sticking their dicks through the little grate <laughs> and uh i would just scoot as far to away as i could oh no we had to do it face to face which um, maybe i've mentioned that on the podcast before but it's a very strange way to have to do confession yeah that's yeah. pretty wild yeah it was uh it was stupid it wasn't a good <laughs> way to handle it i think because i was like i don't want to tell you face to face you're some weird old man with a big red face and giant white eye, uh, owl eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell them whatever you wanted. You could just lie, which is what I did. I would always just give them the same sin every time. <laughs> well, this is more of a star-studded film than what we've seen from Phil Prince so far, because in addition to George Payne, a veteran in his own right, we also get uh, a alleged serial sex predator, Ron Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also get Jade East, who has over 100 credits of her own, who plays Serena in this film. And we get Phil Prince regular, uh, Martin Patton. Yes. I think he was the male lead in both of the shorts we watched. I believe or at least so. One at of, least one of them. Yeah. He might have just been like a participant in one of the other ones, but I know he was the lead in, uh, I think, Savage Sadists. That he makes sense. That did, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and he he delivers quite a performance here. He did a he did a great performance in the other one too. He's had like this moment when he was like on the phone and was like real flustered and taking like a bunch of phone calls. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he uh, it's a shame he was only in five movies. Yeah, uh, he could have could have been the next George Payne. <laughs> he could have. Uh, so yeah, forgive me, I have sinned. Quite a film indeed. So. We'll go ahead and we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk more about Forgive Me, I Have Sinned. Tell me the story, please. Well, it was about two weeks ago and I was standing near her room and she comes in and gets undressed in in front of the mirror and I, I was just 
watching. I, I just wanted to see if her tits were really as big as they seemed to be under her clothes. And how should I say this? Were they really that large? Even bigger. Yeah. The, 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 I I just got so excited. I. I I, I got a heart on and, and I, I took it out and I started to jerk off and, and she, she must have heard me. You just going to sit there and pick your uh, hand wounds for the rest of the podcast? Probably. <laughs> I'm all cut up. Well, you it, need to be more careful. Everything at work is sharp and slices me. <laughs> is that an upgrade or a downgrade from your last job? Um... I don't know. I would sometimes like, I'd be stocking chemicals at my last job and they'd like open up on me and then I would like pour like bleach on myself. So I'm going to say this is an upgrade. Okay. Even though I'm bleeding at your table. Don't worry. I'll use my note paper. Uh. This is why I didn't buy a laptop. It's also a first aid kit. I'm going to apply a tourniquet. Why don't you tell them about the film? Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Just talk over me. Uh, staunched it. So as uh, as with a lot of Phil Prince films, this starts with very simple uh, text on black screen credits, um, with a interesting synth drone in the background. Uh, there's quite a soundtrack in this film. I love it. It's a lot of yeah synth drones and uh, early '80s drum machines. Yes, it's great. <laughs> we see a book with the word "sinners" on the cover. He opens up the book, the off-screen figure, and uh, peers down the list. It's at this point that we finally get introduced to that person. I say some names on the list. Phil Prince is on there. Yes. But uh, at the very top of the list is Brian Jones, uh, one of the Rolling Stones, the original. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the original drummer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, original drummer. He's committed a great crime. Uh, so I actually wrote down the list, but when I saw it at the end of the film, yeah, we have Brian Jones, Juan Carlos Rosas, Phil Prince, Wanda Abalone, okay, uh, Steve Rogers, all right, Captain America, <laughs> Barney Baker, okay, I don't know him, Vicky Jones, who. Uh, is actually a character in this film. Okay, well, there you go. And uh, Twinkle Toes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what sin Twinkle Toes committed? It's kind of the get you hard labor in Britain. Oh. Sodomy. <laughs> uh, anyway, to go back, yes, that was what was in the Sinner's book, but we cut to see the person who was looking through the sinner's book, and that was the confessor played by George Payne. He's uh, walking down the New York streets in his uh, robe. His tight robe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Form-fitting. We see him looking at some letters and dropping them in the mailbox. And uh, we then see a woman who is running... Uh, we hear a lot of distorted, sinister laughter in the background, which we get a lot of throughout this film. Yeah, at uh, random times. That's we just uh, rewatched our little short film, and that's that happens a lot in ours too. A lot of uh, <laughs> disembodied mouths just laughing at random. Right. Uh, 
this film did give me kind of the impression of something that Tyler would put together. <laughs> so I, maybe that's what drove my love for it, is I could see us accidentally assembling something like this. <laughs> well, she's uh, running from someone or something, and we also see alleged serial sexual predator Ron Jeremy driving a car. Um, but we don't see that he's chasing her, which is what I thought what was happening, but he is introduced later and is involved with somebody else completely, so... I think, as a serial sexual predator, he was probably after both of them. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. The woman that we've been following ends up walking through the door, um, and this is Ingrid, played by Ambrosia Fox. So Ingrid walks through the doorway and into the confessor's... Uh, place. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his fog-filled room. Yeah, his lair. <laughs> I really don't know. Was he? You go ahead. I got, I have a thought, but I'll, I'm going to do some research before I ask about it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, he is sitting on the other side of a screen that's kind of just floating in the air. Yeah, I like it. It's a very uh abstract set design in this piece. He greets her, and she asks who he is. He asks her to tell him about the sins of the flesh. She sits down on the other side of his floating screen, and she asks what he means. He calls her a little fool and says she must confess her sins to be forgiven. She says her sin was when Serena and her went camping. She went to sleep and dreamt that Serena was touching her. But in fact, uh, I don't think it was just a dream. The confessor asks her where Serena was touching her, and she says that she was touching her face with her hand, and then was touching her face with her mouth, kissing her. And then she reached further down, and Ingrid couldn't breathe. Then Serena put her hands between her legs, and then we cut to a scene of this actually happening. So Serena, played by Jade East, leans over Ingrid, who is asleep in a tent. She takes her own top off and then starts to pull down Ingrid's uh, shorts. Ingrid asks what Serena's doing as Serena pulls up Ingrid's top and starts to lick and suck on her nipples. Then we see Serena going down on Ingrid, then making out with her. Then we cut to them 69ing next to a box of Ritz crackers, <laughs> which I hope that they uh, got some product placement money for. I hope so. We get some close-ups of cunnilingus from both parties from a few different angles, and I believe some reused shots to pad out the scene. Mm-hmm. This was fun at first, but went on way too long for my taste. Yeah, this one's a bit uh, lengthy. But uh, finally, they zoom in in the scene blurs out and we cut back to the confession ingrid says that's how it happened i couldn't control myself the confessor assures her however that she's not the guilty one and he tells her to come back on saturday night with serena after all she must want serena to be forgiven too and ingrid agrees yes now later in the film they call uh, Serena like a child molester and stuff. Yes. So I guess that's what this is supposed to be, but there's no, I don't think there's any context that uh, Ingrid is supposed to be a child or underage or anything like that. 
even yeah. in the scene. So it just makes it seem like her sin is being a lesbian. <laughs> well, she sort of forced herself on her. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's bad. Like, yeah, that's not good either. <laughs> now we're introduced to Brad Martin, played by Martin Patton. Mm-hmm. He's reading one of the confessor's letters. It mentions what a filthy boy he is and says that the confessor will get to the bottom of this and invites him back to the black room for tea and toast. Oh, the black room. I like that. That's scary. One day you will all come into the black room. (laughs) After reading the letter, Brad says, This just can't be true. How can anyone know? Oh, God, I'm so ashamed. My own sister. We then cut to the black room where the confessor's there with uh, Brad. Yeah. Brad asks the confessor if he's a blackmailer, but the confessor tells him he just wants to cleanse the young sinners of guilt. He confirms he knows what happened between him with his sister, and Brad explains. It was just a few weeks ago, and he was outside her room and watched her get undressed in front of the mirror. He watched her... And uh, then he says he just wanted to know if her tits were as big as they looked. And uh, I think they were. The confessor asks if they were really that large. (laughs) (laughs) And he he says they were. That's great. He says he got so excited he had a hard on and started to jerk off. She heard him making noise and found him. And this is when we get cut to the scene. And so he is just standing basically out in the the open with his cock out jerking it. And like we see his sister looking at herself in the mirror, but like he's obviously in the reflection for like a minute before she notices him. He's really doing his business. He's really cranking down. Yeah. He is not trying to be discreet at all. That hog's getting punished. (laughs) His sister is looking in the mirror. Uh, She's kind of just wearing a a sheer uh, wrap over a bra. Um, His sinner, by the or his sister, by the way, is Marie. His sister is a sinner. His sister is a sinner. His sinner. His his sinner is his sister. His sister is his sinner. His sister is his sinner, and his sister slash sinner's name is Marie, and she's played by Sherry Champagne. My sister is my sinner, Sherry Champagne. <laughs> you say that one three times fast. Uh, so she had to be very deficient on her perception skills not to notice him, but she finally does and says, Well, 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 what have we here? Little brother Brad with his dick hanging out. (laughs) He's just pulling on his dick and staring at her, and she finally tells him to get over here. She grabs his dick and says, Who would have thought her little brother would have such a big dick? Yeah. I'm going to notice a minor continuity error. The angle he enters from would not have been visible from uh, the mirror, like the little uh, nightstand she was sitting at. Oh, <laughs> it's uh, he comes in from the right, and it's centered on the left. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's uh, it's movie magic. It's <laughs> trick of it's trick of mirrors. So Marie throws Brad onto the bed, and he stutters and stammers, and she says that he can't just hang around her room pulling on his dumb dick. <laughs> now he has to pay. 
He continues to stutter and says that he doesn't have any money. She calls him dumb and opens a curtain to reveal a wall of leather gear and fetish equipment. Yes. As we all have in our rooms. Yeah. I just keep it in a little alcove. You just hope your mom doesn't go in there to try to clean up too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they have the same problem in this movie, it seems like. They're brother and sister, I think. They're probably still living at home. So oh, her yeah, mom could probably... always find it, too. We need to get a sequel to find out more. Yeah. Just about these, like, characters. Maybe, like, a prequel. Their relationships with their mothers. <laughs> I think a prequel. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, Brad asks Marie what she's going to do, and she says it's not what she's going to do to him, but what he's going to do for her. And they repeat this line twice in yes. very quick succession. <laughs> yes, they do. She tells him to take his fucking clothes off, and his clothes are immediately off in the next cut. She whacks him, and he says he just wanted to see her tits. She says, how dare you? You're not worthy of seeing my tits. You're just a worm. She tells him to get over there on the bed, and uh, she asks him again if he wanted to see her tits, and she whacks him again <laughs> with a leather strap. She has him suck on her tits for a moment before pushing him away and calling him a worthless jerk-off artist. She says that he's not worthy of licking her shoes, and uh, then she has him beg to lick her shoes, and she has him suck on her heels. Oh, yeah. I like when she, ever she hits him with, like, a whip or whatever, there's, like, a synth, like, scream that happens. Yes. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, almost as good as the the uh, laser cum noise and uh, pulsating flesh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He kisses his way from her shoes up her legs, and she stops him, telling him that she didn't say he could lick her pussy. She has him crawl across the floor to the other side of the room and has him go down on her a bit there, but over her panties. Yes. Uh, then she whacks him more and has uh, him go to the other side of the room and she finally takes off her panties. He's got some good marks on his back from this strap. Yes. She lays down and has him go down on her as she taunts him more. It's at this point that the Casio keyboard uh, drum beat thing yeah. in the background gets kind of wild. It's at this point in my notes that I wrote, I want a drum machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, while he's eating her out, it does seem more or less like he's just kind of licking one labia instead of going in anywhere near her like actual like uh, organs. <laughs> yeah, I think this was 100% a... Uh, exhibition uh yeah. oral session yeah it's uh because he's just kind of licking a hairy labia for like three or four minutes there <laughs> yeah and after a bit she stops him and tells him he needs more practice and she's actually right yeah now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah yeah i guess maybe that was intentional she says now she wants him to show her how much he loves his sister she wants him to get his cock rock hard he stands up and strokes, and then she whacks him and tells him that she didn't tell him to get up. She also tells him to never use her name again and call her mistress. Uh, she encourages him as he strokes his cock, and finally he finishes 
blowing a load on her thigh-high fishnets and rubbing his cock on her boob. Yeah. I uh, I like this scene. I think it's probably one of the uh, better sex scenes in the film. Yes. It also demonstrates, I think, a better understanding of, like, S&M than was uh, evident in something... What was that first one? Like, Dinner Dominance or something yeah, with yeah. the sisters? <laughs> yes. Uh, where it's just, like, some terrible, like, tying people to like a saint george cross and whipping them right uh this one has a lot more like humiliation type stuff going on for it and in addition to the uh physical punishment so yeah there's a lot of good uh there's some dirty talk throughout yeah there's some good dirty talk there's some good psychological stuff uh it's pretty edgy since i guess it is incest yes uh good job prince good job mr prince good job prince good job prince you've done it again <laughs> purple rain covers us all forevermore <laughs> brad says he thinks that maybe he's an animal but the confessor tells him his sister is the animal she needs to be purified yes he tells brad to bring her there saturday and then he will have his revenge uh, the confessor laughs like a maniac and tells him to trust him he's outside of his little box for a minute but then he's like back inside of it yes <laughs> yes and uh i would say the voice he's doing is like a new york shatner <laughs> okay it's very new york but it's also very stilted and drawn out in <laughs> okay, such a way yeah. very over dramatized and i love it <laughs> it's great we hear another sample of a scream as we switch to a shot of a woman this is Vicky Jones, who is played by Nico. Oh, yeah, from the Velvet Underground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Most likely, yes. I think she had I think she had actually died of a heroin overdose by this point. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um it's Nico Case, popular current alt alt indie darling from like Ten years ago, Nico Case. All right, I'm done. Okay, so <laughs> so Vicky Jones uh, is welcomed by the confessor. She asks who he is and what he's doing, and he says that he knows she has something horrible on her mind. He invites her to just approach the screen and tell him, clarifying that she should kneel before him. <laughs> She says she does need to tell someone about it, and she's been ashamed ever since it happened. She says she was hired from the secretary pool by Mr. Burke. She thought it was a great opportunity. She went and everything went wrong. We see Vicky start to cry. She cries trying to tell the story several times, and then finally cut to the story itself. We see Mr. Burke at work. Uh, Mr. Burke, fittingly played by... Alleged serial sex predator Ron Jeremy. Mr. Ronald Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> A.K.A. John Cockenballs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, we cut to Mr. Burke at his desk and Vicky walks into his office. She introduces herself. He has a really cold reaction to her and we hear his inner monologue uh, calling her a dork and saying he was hoping to get his cock into Lola. No chance here with her. Someone should teach her a lesson and give her a good fucking. Mr. Burke tells Vicky that he wants to dictate a letter to her. We cut to him in his office. 
this letter is to John Cockenballs. Yeah. Uh, it's a letter to someone thanking them for a party, uh, which the letter immediately goes off the rails because he talks about how uh, this person's wife gave him a hand job, and then uh, the sister took him outside and fucked him or something. Yeah. Vicky, however, stops writing very quickly, and Burke asks why. She says that she can't write this. It's obscene, filthy. Mr. Burke is angry and says she must be a sexless stick of a woman and says she's probably never even seen a dick. Vicky tries to leave and he says if she walks out that door, her career will be over. Mr. Burke calls her over and when she comes over, he forces her to the ground and makes her open her mouth and suck his cock. Yeah, he's at it again. Her tits look great in the sweater she's wearing. They do. There's some real milkers. Uh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burke taunts her, telling her ladies like her just need a good dick in their mouth. She fights a bit, and he controls her head by grabbing her hair and keeps at it. He pulls her top up and notes that she has nice tits, which is accurate. Uh, he then places her on the desk and uh, fights her a bit, and rips off her panties and starts to fuck her. He does, however, note she was wet, and he makes her say that she loves it, uh, though she notes that his cock is hurting her. He keeps at it and finally pulls out, and we get this weird slow-mo spurting shot of his uh, dick coming yeah. on her pubes and leg. Yeah, from multiple angles. Yes. Over and over again. Like in a weird psychotronic way. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's great. We cut back to her crying to the confessor. The confessor approaches her and shackles her to a stand of some sort. Yeah. This took a different direction than I expected. Yeah, it looks like a yeah, like a like a saddle or something like that. Yeah. Know, kind of chains her to. It's pretty cool. She asks what he's doing and says that the confessor is no different from Mr. Burke. He says he is different. He wants to purify. He says that she was touched by sin and must be cleansed. And he says that he will cleanse her with his rod. It's the rod of chastisement. <laughs> she responds by noting that he is different. And then she asks him to cleanse her with his rod. He pulls out his cock and Vicky starts to suck on it. The confessor notes she will soon be cleansed as she sucks him. He tells her to go deeper and then tells her that she's doing excellent. We get a lot of great face close-ups of the confessor enjoying himself. Mm -hmm. He continues to talk her through the process and fucks her mouth. He says, do you like it, my dear? Oh, but you cannot talk. <laughs> <laughs> he asks her if she wants his love in her now. She doesn't respond at first, but then she finally says, yes, cleanse me now. And so he walks around behind her and pulls up her skirt and starts to fuck her doggy style. She seemed very ready to join a cult. Like she'd been, she was waiting for the right cult to come along. Yeah, yeah. He fucks her a bit from behind and finally pulls out and comes on her ass and then pushes it back in. We cut to him unshackling her and he tells her to bring Mr. Burke there on Saturday where he must be cleansed and she will get her revenge. We then cut to the confessor. He's stacking a glass on top of a wine bottle or like a little mini chalice mm -hmm. <laughs> uh 
He then pours some wine into six glasses, and then in three of the glasses, he pours some powder in, yes. naming the people that they're for. Mm-hmm. One for Burke, one for Marie Martin, and one for Serena. Yes. He then pours three more for the people that he's already cleansed, yes. noting that they will get their revenge. Yes. He laughs as thunder crashes, and he takes a sip out of the tiny mini chalice. Yeah, and he says, dissolve quickly, my precious powder. (laughs) (laughs) When he drugs them. Uh, George Payne, I'm giving him an Oscar. You should. I'm giving him one right now. (laughs) Then we get a black screen with just the text, Saturday night in ITE. Yeah. We then see this whole group show up at the Confessor's Black Room. All three of the cleansed people and the yet-to-be-cleansed people. The confessor here meets Serena, Marie, and Mr. Burke. He passes out the wine to the sinners first and then to the cleansed. He toasts all of them and thanks them for the evening. We get a lot of weird synth music as the sinners start to react to the wine. Mm -hmm. The confessor explains that his purpose is to cleanse sinners, and we see... Burke, Murray, and Serena all collapse. Yeah, I think maybe he calls uh, Burke a rapist, and he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what you did, buddy. And then he collapses. They do just all drop. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty good. We then cut, and we see that everyone is naked, and the confessor says the sinners must be cleansed. So we have three things going on here. We have on the right side of the set... Black room. Uh, of the black room. We have Mr. Burke on the floor with uh, Vicky over him. We have on the left side of the room Brad Martin as well as his sister Marie Martin, who is now in a stocks, stuck there. And in the middle of the room we have Serena and Ingrid and uh, the Confessor with the two of them. Of course, yes. So Serena is on a bench there. The confessor says she must be cleansed, and Ingrid tells the confessor to give her the rod. He strokes and yells at Serena to look at him. Meanwhile, Vicky's standing over Mr. Burke, who wakes up and says that she's taking this joke too far. She, however, taunts him. Brad is whipping Marie's ass as she's stuck in the stocks with a leather strap. Yeah, or belt or something along those lines. The confessor tells Serena to suck the rod amongst a lot of other rambling. Vicky tells Mr. Burke that no real woman would want that cock, and that he's hung like a hamster, which I don't think is true. No. There's a lot of negative things you could say about Ron Jeremy, but he's not hung like a hamster. No, but it's it's psychological torment. It is. He, uh... She she's, is she is successful here. Yeah, she's gaslighting him. <laughs> he can look at his cock and see that it's huge, but she's planted the seed of doubt in his mind. <laughs> now he's at pet stores, comparing <laughs> himself to all the little rodents. <laughs> Brad's yelling at Marie that he has the upper hand now, and uh, tells her again he just wanted to get a look. The confessor continues to force Serena to suck his cock. Vicky makes Mr. Burke eat her out from below as she's squatting over him. She gives him instructions along the way. 
this all continues for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Martin uh, says is even a worm can turn. There's some good dialogue. He's like, <laughs> you thought I was a worm, but even a worm can turn. Uh, some great dialogue from him during this whole thing. Yeah, uh, after a bit, Marie tells Brad that she's going to punish him for this, but uh, she does not have the upper hand, as he has hinted before. Uh, Mr. Burke has a hard-on and begs for Vicky not to leave him like this. Brad keeps saying it's his turn now as he's spanking Marie. Brad says, Call me your master. Tell me you want me to fuck you. And then (laughs) she does, and he says... Now kiss the whip. Yes, kiss. Kiss the whip. Bert continues to beg Vicky uh, to fuck him. The confessor keeps feeding his cock to Serena. After Marie begs for a while um, for Brad to fuck her, he starts to fuck her. Bert continuously begs for Vicky to put her cunt on his cock and slide it up and down. And she finally does. The confessor has Serena suck his balls. He then tells Serena that she must watch as he puts his rod in Ingrid. He tells Serena she is a sinner. Ingrid is cleansed and she is not. Serena begs to taste Ingrid's pussy. Brad continues to fuck Marie. The confessor tells Serena to say, Forgive me, I have sinned, but she won't. He tells her if she doesn't, he'll have Ingrid piss on her face. Unfortunately, she doesn't, but Serena does refuse, and the confessor continues to fuck Ingrid. Ingrid says she belongs to the confessor now. Vicky keeps riding Burke, and after a bit, she starts to blow Burke. Marie keeps saying yes, master, to Brad as he's fucking her. The confessor tells Serena she needs to drink his holy fluid... (laughs) He tells her again to say, forgive me, I have sinned, and she finally does it. Brad comes on Marie's ass. Vicky finishes off Burke against her lips with her hand and sucks it a bit more. There's a bit where he's got like some internal dialogue where he's like, John Cockenballs, (laughs) over again. Uh, It's, uh, I like it. I like that it all comes full circle. The confessor comes on Serena's tits with some slow-mo growling, uh, moan in the background uh we get some more slow-mo of vicky sucking burke's cock and more slow-mo of the confessor's cock dripping cum and ingrid licking it we then cut to a view around the room with brian fucking marie ingrid going down on serena and vicky sucking off burke then we see the sinner's book open again goes down the list and closes it as the camera blurs out, and we cut to credits with more screams and chatter in the background with mm-hmm. more uh, wild drum machine weirdness. This movie rules. And that was <laughs> Forgive Me, I Have Sinned. Well, <sighs> forgive me for I have talked for too long. Let's take a break, and then we'll be back to give our thoughts on Forgive Me, I Have Sinned. Now, my sinners. Jason Burke, slime, garbage, trash. Maria Martin, sadist. And last but not least, Serena, child molester, perverted bitch. 
I'm sorry I don't have ice in my toilet for you to pee on. It's okay. I'll just piss on the ground instead. Please don't. Okay. Would you like me to give a Rinko review instead? Uh, yes. Between the two, which you would prefer that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to oblige. Okay. All right. I would love to talk about Forgive Me, I Have Sinned and go into critical analysis of it. You should do that. I'm doing it. Kind of situate myself. Um, I really enjoyed this film a lot. It's not really like a, uh, what I would call a technically impressive film or incredibly uh, well-made film. Right. But damn, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Great performances uh, all around. From, yeah. from top to bottom. Obviously, George Payne is the, uh, the standout. Right. Uh, he's really, Phil Prince is really, he got some star power since those other ones we watched. <laughs> all he had before was Martin Patton. Right. And, uh, you know, he does all right, but he's no George Payne. No, no. No. Um, this movie, uh, it feels pretty unique. I don't think we've really seen anything with uh, necessarily a cult leader or anything like that. Not quite, no. Not quite. We've had some we've had some mystics and some swamis, but uh we haven't had a cult leader quite like this. Not quite. Confessor is a singular character in the uh, annals of pornography and I think that's fitting for a film that was obviously a step up in Phil Prince's short and storied career. Right. Uh like I said earlier, I think this one's better made all around than the previous two we had covered. For sure, but it's uh, it's on the level like uh, of like a very, of a proficient Carlos Tobolina film. I yeah. don't think it really exceeds that, and I'm not really sure he's capable of doing that. Right. Uh, at least not working as quickly as he was. But this is a, it's a nice bit of sleaze. It's got some creative set design, some very interesting characters. Uh. Some of the sex scenes, I would say, go on a little too long. The first one with uh, Serena and Becky. Serena and Ingrid. Ingrid, yes. Serena and Ingrid goes on a little too long. The final orgy is a Tobolina-length flesh festival, (laughs) uh, which I don't hate. I wish their revenge scheme had maybe been a little bit more complex right (laughs) and instead of just devolving into a 20 minute orgy in an hour-long film but it is also just an hour-long film right which uh which makes it easy to forgive uh some of its shortcomings when the trappings of it are so strange and uh creative right on my end uh I would end up, I'd say I'd give this one a strong three. I would really recommend checking it out just based on its kind of uh, charming absurdity Yeah. to it. It's very theatrical. It's very, it's very edgy. It's got some rape. It's got some incest. It's got it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that's the kind of stuff you like, it's got it. 
Uh, definitely a uh, improvement over past Phil Prince films with some unique characters and some enjoyable, if not repetitive, sex. And uh, pretty neat concept and design that I think is executed pretty well. I would say well worth watching, if not one of the high points of the uh, golden age right. of porn, but definitely one of its interesting uh, side alleys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I said more or less what I wanted to. Uh, I'm really bad at reviewing. I love it. I love just going off the top of my head. Fair enough. I love that you have to edit it down. <laughs> so now I'm going to turn it over to you. So... I I pretty much agree with what you said. I like the music and sound design of this film. I, I forgot to say that. Yeah, that's definitely one of the highlights. I feel like I praised it a lot while you were talking about it, though. So yeah, they should know. They should know. Um, I I liked how kind of duct tape together the whole thing is, but in the yeah. best sort of way. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate the. Uh, the the femdom scene between the sister and brother. Yeah, you uh, don't see too much of that, though I will say that does trail a bit into next week's film, though, where we're going to see maybe a little bit more of that. Oh, yeah. 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 Wet your appetite. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm not uh, really into the brother-sister thing, but at least the... Uh, the whole S&M aspect of that scene was uh, exciting. I can't praise George Payne's performance enough. Uh, he was he was quite a character and somebody that made the whole film a delight. Overall, when we're looking at it from the perspective of these like low-budget, very quickly put-together sex films that don't quite have the production value of a of an Henri Pichard film or a uh, another little teaser. Radley Metzger film. Not a teaser. <laughs> on that sort of scale, this one comes out pretty high on it. Um, overall, I mean, narratively, there's just kind of some stories taped together, and yeah, uh, and he gets you know you hear all the ways they were wronged and their confessions, and then. Everyone gets revenge, which is how we did it in Catholic school. <laughs> After you confessed, there was the period of vengeance. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's the main reason to be Catholic is once you confess, you have like a, a short, like a 12-hour window to just commit as much sin and crime as you want. <laughs> That's the reason people do it. That's understandable. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, sort of like a weekly purge. Okay. But just for Catholics. <laughs> She's, uh, that's why Timothy McVeigh did what he did. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, I like the movie. Sorry I it derailed was, your review. <laughs> it wasn't, like, great, great, but it no. was a fun, entertaining movie. I would... I'll go ahead and give it three stars as well. Yeah, I think that's about right for this one. Yeah. Uh, Stand out for the ice cream man. Yes. Uh, watch him when he's passing by. Oh, it's part yeah. of that's part of the song, I think. You no, know, I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, Van Halen covered it. Oh, 
Yeah, and uh, Sammy Davis. It's a Sammy Davis Jr. song. Okay. I don't listen to much of him. That's fair. Yeah. Like old Blue Eyes. Well, if you guys like to listen to us, you would like Not it. after this episode. I've been <laughs> a mess. Well, for those of you who still like to listen to us, uh, if you haven't already, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash raincoatreport, where you get ad-free episodes, early access, and two bonus episodes every month. Uh, this past week, we had another edition of This Ain't Not Axel Braun. Oh, yeah. Where uh, we enjoyed ourselves a Sarah Palin exploitation film mm -hmm. and a Dracula exploitation film. Yeah. Uh, so look for a little bit of that if you haven't already. Get yeah. it into your life. It's great stuff. Yeah, we do. And you help us, and that's cool. It's very cool. We buy better recording equipment. You can hear us better. <laughs> and as the recording equipment quality increases, our voices become more uh, NPR-arized. Just through uh, studio trickery and not through <laughs> our own vocal talents. Uh, so, yeah. Do that. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. RaincoatReport at gmail.com if you want to send us anything. Uh, and subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Nope. And, ow! Shit! My cat bit me. Yeah, I watched. Your cat bit you a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the whole time. Uh, but yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Raincoat Report, a podcast about classic adult films, hosted by Boss and his buddy, who is just drifting in space. Okay, well, in the meantime... Oh, shit, I forgot my raincoat. <laughs> there, there's a plane. Can you hear the plane on the recording? For sure. We need to insulate this kitchen. And noise-proof it. <laughs> well, if you're going to see the confessor to have him purify you of your sins, definitely don't forget your raincoat. Yeah, it's going to get wet. <laughs> Should I say? Uh, 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 u